If you're talking about it, I'll be talking about it. Dennis Prager here. Join me this morning at 11, right here on AM 560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. So we've uh, talked about uh, the social media giants to uh, a great extent in the context of the impact on 2018 election cycles and election cycles in the future, the power that they have and the culture that exists within the companies and that they promote outside the company. The James Damore memo at Google, uh, the uh, Brian Amirage memo that uh, snuck out of Facebook. The uh, leaked tape, the leaked video of the Google assembly after Trump's election in November of 2016. Remember this? Remember Sergey Brin, uh, you know, leading the uh, dirge? Okay, folks. I know this is probably not the most joyous uh, TJF we have had. Hawaii uh, um, Day. And uh, you know, let's face it: most uh, people here are uh, pretty upset and pretty sad for uh, because of the election. Um, but there's another group, exactly, a uh, small group that we should also think about who are. Very excited about the legalization of pot. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, boy, there's there's so much insight into what um, Google is like for that 35 second clip from Bryn, and then Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, when it's his turn at the wheel, he literally starts to cry. Oh, that's He's right. He's a billionaire CEO of one of the biggest companies, most powerful companies in the world, who can't handle an election result. No, that's too much. Uh, so would that lead them to want to make sure that such election results never happen again? Well, this is a topic taken up in part in a new documentary, The Creepy Line. Which the ex- Dan Prof story? <laughs> Why would it be? I'm just kidding. I don't get it. Explores oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how the uh, Silicon Valley giants utilize their platforms to suppress speech and undermine the foundations of our representative republic. We're pleased to be joined by the director of this new documentary, The Creepy Line. He is Matt Taylor. Matt, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of, we know the memos. Uh, I mentioned the uh, reveal at this uh, Google mass weeping session after the 2016 election. Um, where does The Creepy Line take this story in terms of providing further insight into how Facebook and Google operate? Well, you know, the creepy line basically covers a lot of the things that we know in the beginning, you know, with privacy and data and surveillance platforms. And that's really what Google and Facebook create. They're creating surveillance platforms for all of us. But where we end up taking it is actually breaking down that how the the search engine is biased by design, which is actually not entirely bad because we want it to be able to find things for us. But then how that bias by design can be used to actually shift your opinion uh, when you're voting, and hence uh, Google and Facebook have the power to shift votes towards candidates they prefer. Um, and our uh, scientist in the in the uh, film, Dr. Robert Epstein, uh, actually tracked Google for six months without them knowing during the 2016 presidential election. He came back with some very, very disturbing results. Well, Such as what? Yeah. I mean, can you pontificate well, on that? I mean, 
What were the results? He estimates that Google could have moved up to 3 million votes without anybody knowing. Mm. And he recently released an article that Google can shift up to 12 million votes in this election that is coming up in, in two weeks. And so with how Google actually uses the search engine and the returns and the results, starting really with the first thing you type into the search engine, um, the first character that you type can make suggestions that can push your opinions. And what we found was that just by, by changing the results that you got back, you could easily shift people up to 40 to 50 percent. And in some demographics, you could shift people up to 80 percent. Um, of that demographic. And so he tracked multiple elections over multiple years. And, uh, you know, it's deeply concerning because it basically undermines democracy. And with Google being the biggest lobbyist in Washington, they can not just pick the candidates, but then lobby the candidates they pick, you know, to kind of shift the debate in any direction they want to go. And that's kind of where the film lands. Yeah. And to be clear, um, we're not talking about, oh, somebody is more popular, thus they're more searched and they they uh, increase uh, their ranking on uh, in the search engine or somebody's paying for Google advertising and that gives them some preferred treatment. Talking about a baseline where Google sets the algorithms or sets the terms of engagement such as it, it advantages, just to use an example, Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump before the game even starts. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, what most people really have to understand is that is inherently how the search engine works. Because, look, it has to do two things when you use it that are biased. And they're usually good biases. If I say, what's the best dog food? It has to look through billions of pages. It has to make a selection. That's number one. And number two, and this is really the, the critical one, it has to put them in an order, right? So if you have candidate A and candidate B, somebody has to be first. And so the question is, how do they get there? And Google, by their own admission, changes the al- algorithm at least twice a day. So that is not, it's not some machine that is sitting there calculating things and pulling things out of thin air. Um, they modify this. It's modified by people. And the ethics of those people who modify the algorithm trickle down into the machinery that hence picks the selection. And look, we want it to be biased. I want it to tell me, you know, what's the better thing. But the question is, who determines what is the better thing? And when it comes to elections, that decision becomes absolutely critical to the foundation of this democracy. Well, do you think things are going to be different for the midterm elections, which are, what, 13 days away? Well, you know, I think that, you know, according to Dr. Robert Epstein, the question comes, well, if Google has all this power and they prefer Hillary Clinton, then why why didn't they win? You know, and the thing is, is that Google, you know, assumed she would win. And so hence only put in a little bit of effort. And obviously, when you see with leaked documents, the good censor, the the, the clip just played by Sergey Brin, um, I don't think this is a mistake that they'll make again. You know, this is not they're never going to underestimate the chances in an election. And if you had the power to shift opinions like that, would you do it? And they definitely do have this power. Well, right, and so the uh, the challenge is to uh, expose what they're doing so that people factor that in in terms of, number one, using their products, um, but number two, even if you do use their products or their communication channels, you know, you do so with a jaundiced eye. You understand, just like on you know Twitter, we have the shadow banning phenomena, right, and Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. even admitting that— uh, yeah, most of our people lean, our engineers lean a little bit left, and that has yeah. some kind of impact. But we try very hard to uh, prevent from 
ideological bias. It, it doesn't seem like they're trying very hard at all, but the exposure is what's needed to educate people to be skeptical of what they're being fed, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that, and that is, that's, the, that's the first step because, you know, ultimately, and this is the, the bigger disturbing information, is that, you know, it's very hard these days to separate ourselves from these platforms. You know, it's very difficult to not use Google search. You cannot use Facebook, um, but you cannot not use Facebook, uh, Google search um, because it's 90% of search. Uh, your business has to be on that first page to get, you know, business. And so I think that, you know, the first thing is, is, is skepticism. The second thing is not using some of these platforms like Gmail, Android. These are surveillance platforms. Uh, and then the third is we're going to have to start rethinking how to actually deal with this because even regulatory intervention from the government is not good enough at this point. These are 20th century solutions for 20th century companies, and these are 21st century companies with a whole new set of problems that we have never even addressed. The EU is starting to address it fairly aggressively, but here in this country, um, we've this is the first time we're really talking about it. Well, and I think the other issue, the issue that you point up to, you would think that everybody sort of understands that you're the product. You, these are surveillance platforms, as you said. But I don't think people do appreciate that. And I don't think people do have a sense of how much their privacy is compromised, even in, in spite of congressional hearings on the topic and stories about uh, data breaches. Well, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you, we've heard about these data breaches over and over again. And after a while, people are like, oh, well, you know, I think, I mean, we always assumed that we were being watched anyway. Um, but I don't really think they have a full breadth of understanding about how, you know, especially with the, you know, we're individuals in this country. We take that very seriously. We take our one vote, one person election day very seriously. And I don't think they understand that that can all, it's all being taken away. It's all being shifted around uh, by a couple you know, ideological utopians uh, in Silicon Valley. I mean, people were afraid of the NSA or government, but those are largely inefficient bodies. Um, these are not inefficient bodies that are doing these things. They're very efficient. They have an agenda, and they're enacting it. When you, the uh, title of the uh, film, the documentary, is The Creepy Line, uh, what exactly uh, do you mean by that? What's the uh, uh, genesis of that title? So in 2010, uh, former CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, was doing, a, I believe, an interview, and he said the Google policy is to get right up to the creepy line but not cross it, right? And we find that to be a really peculiar term to choose. Yeah. Um, who wants to be near anything creepy? Um, and so we think that not only do they cross the creepy line, but they keep redefining the creepy line. It's a bizarre term. Uh, he laughs it off, um, but we think that it's kind of uh, there's a deeper meaning there um, that is that is defines really what the company's about. And and so uh, I think that's a perfect title. I didn't know that backstory with uh, Eric Schmidt's uh, observation about uh, Google's sort of uh, mission focus, the creepy line. That's really interesting. So to that end, yeah. what is what is the uh, creepiest thing uh, on either side of the creepy line that you uh, uh, came on to during your research and then production of this film? Well, you know, we have a long list of things to choose from, but actually one that I found to be kind of deeply disturbing was actually from Facebook. 
um, and Facebook had been had learned how to identify depressed teenagers and wanted to do t- experiments on them by showing them negative news stories and see how seeing how they would react. Oh my goodness! Um, and that that to me is absolutely disgusting. Um, and so. And wow. so, you know, while we talk about these kind of big kind of ideas of shifting democracies and things, um, you know, you have people like, like Facebook experimenting on kids or selling kids data to insurance companies and discriminating against kids. Um, so kind of like a lot of these activities against children, mostly on the Facebook platforms, and whereas Google is undermining the, the a larger problem, Facebook's doing really kind of despicable things. To kids, and I think that was that's the thing that wow. made my skin crawl. That's really, I mean, it, that they could do that. Well, that's you're right. When sick. when surveillance goes to human lab rats, and that's uh, that's really yeah. that's really interesting. Uh, all right, well, I can't wait to see this documentary. It's the creepy line. Uh, Matt Taylor, the director of this documentary uh, that focuses on Google and Facebook, the social media giants, joins us. And uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck with the film. Thank you so much for having me. Huge pleasure. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.